I'm Phil C. And I'm Lynn. And together, we're, we're Roman Oz. Real interviews. With real people. On location. With a great mix of Aussie music. As requested by the people we interview. Follow us on Facebook. Or check us out, allaussieradio.com.au. Now syndicated to... Backwater Country, 87.6 FM. Tuesdays and Fridays. At 9pm. All interviews are live. And on location. And may vary in audio quality from segment to segment. So Phil, what's on the show this week? Well, Lynn, I start off on the banks of the uh, Murray River at Yarrawonga. That's right, and you're talking to Rod. I, I met this chap named Rod, and he <laughs> spends a lot of time on the road. Yes. And uh, he he's, he really likes to be off-grid and away from people. Yep. And uh, when we met him, he was out there and he had his chainsaw and he was uh, chopping up some wood blocks that he'd brought with him for his outside fire. And he does everything outside. Yes, he even does. has a shower outside. Yep, yep. <laughs> so uh, a very interesting character, Rod, and uh, his wife, Maureen, who didn't really like to say very much on the no, microphones at all. So we start off with me chatting to him. Then after that, you are going to be telling us uh, a few things oh. about the area, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, things to do around the Murray River. Um, at Yarrawonga, Mawala, we include a bit of Cobram and Baruga. And then straight after that, we're talking about solo trails because the. Uh, yeah, we start the silo trails. The silo trails, yes. Yep. Um, and that's an interesting thing within itself, isn't it? I mean, it that is. goes for hundreds of kilometres all over yes, the place. Yes, I know. They're all scattered everywhere. The so, gr- and, you know, you do a couple and then more pop up in between. So, <laughs> you've got to go back. So, there's a couple that we mentioned in particular, yes, didn't we? Yes, we did. We started at St. James. Right. And we talk about the history of the silos and then we do the history of G.J. Coles and their story starting off in St. James. G.J. Coles. Which is now Coles. Yes. Yes, and they started out with penny stores and yes. ended up with one one million one hundred and. Oh, I think it's more than that now. <laughs> well, we're talking about back then, not yes. now. Now they're yeah. worth trillions. Yep. So we talk about the coal story, yep. and then straight after that, uh, we're in Gurumbad at another silo where you talk to Alan Saunders. Alan Saunders. Now, wasn't he a character? Yes, he was. A very old gentleman, a yes. volunteer. Yep. Um, and he was at the uh, silo art there. Yep. And um, telling us all about those particular ones, yes, and also was. selling some souvenirs and so, and some little uh, yes. uh, trinkets of the, of those particular ones. Yes, that's correct. And then after that, um, uh, we talk about some fun facts relating to the solo art, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. Yes, but it just went on and on, so oh. <laughs> we just did a few. We just mentioned a few there, and then straight after that, where do we end up? Where do uh, we finish the show? We finish at the Winton Wetlands, which isn't too far. It's in that general area. And we tell you some of the things that you can see and do around there. You know, there's camping, heaps of bushwalking, riding your your bike and everything and the bird life and, yeah. And they've even got a cafe out there and a function centre where if you decide you want to get married, (laughs) they can even cater for that. So, Lynn, apart from these fabulous chats with everyone, we've also got a great selection of music as as requested requested by by the people people we interview. interview. So, Lynn, what do you think? On On with the the show. Oh, welcome back, listeners. My name is Phil C, and this is Roaming Oz, and we are on the banks of the mighty Murray River near Yarrawonga, and I'm chatting to a chap named Rod. How are you today, Rod? I'm very good, thank you. Yes, very relaxed and sitting back here enjoying the Murray. Fantastic stuff. Now, the Murray River, it's a mighty river, and it runs for about 2,000 kilometres or more, is that right? Apparently about that length, yeah. About twice as far by river as by road. Fantastic stuff. Now, you've obviously travelled a lot of the road, not so much the river. How long have you been travelling? Uh, I've been caravanning for about the last four years. Right. But before that, four-wheel driving for many, many years. Right. And um, swagging it and camper trailers, so yeah, so... Bit more luxury now. Yeah. Bit more luxury as you, as you get a little bit more um, mature and a bit more refined in your age. Yes, and so the bones start squeaking a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I must point out, I'm um, I've just met Rod, and I noticed first of all you were doing a lot of your own cutting up of timber for your fire. Tell us, you got a chainsaw, you got a, a, a log splitter. You're looking pretty fit for your age. I'm not going to say how old you are. How long have you been doing this sort of stuff? Where uh, you're cutting down your own wood and been doing this for many many years but now we travel with a chainsaw yep uh only use the wood we want to burn at the campsite and yep. never take it out with us uh-huh. uh little fire pit made out of a cut off gas bottle which we use for boiling the water out of the river for 
for dishes and washing and clothes and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Now, I noticed that the other day when, when we arrived, you were actually having a, a sort of a bath by the river there. You'd boiled up the water in your gas, in your, in your, in your, tell us about this. It's a gas bottle which you've cut in half, using that, and above that you've got, you've got your boiler which hangs from, from a rod. You made yeah, that up yeah, all yourself? Yeah, rod, yep. Yeah. Uh, just hangs a 15 litre stainless steel boiler which just, Hangs off the top, and we've always got hot water for when we need it. Okay. If there's no one around, we will use it for showering outside. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Now I understand you're saying showering. You've got a you've got some sort of a, a bilge pump set up. Is that correct? Yes, we just use a boat bilge pump and uh-huh. drop it in a bucket of water and get the temperature where we want it. Right. And just use a portable shower head and. Away we go. We lather it up. We yeah. So what about your wife now? I notice she's sitting over there blushing a bit. Is she is she apt to sort of have a shower outside as well or not? What What do you mean? What about the wife? <laughs> she's she's a, she's over there blushing. Does she like to take a shower outside or is uh, it only once very quickly in a car turned up? So she diverted <laughs> real quick. She went back to the knitting needles. Okay, <laughs> back to the knitting needles. Okay, so. You've got an incredible setup here. You've got a Flinders caravan. It's about a 20-footer. It's got all the luxuries you could imagine inside. What, uh, what attracts you to the free camping lifestyle? Uh, it's like we don't like being crowded in around people. We like to be able to do our own thing, uh-huh. come and go. Uh, we've been lucky. We just leave our stuff out for a while if we're going into town. It's always pretty, you know, pretty mm-hmm. secure. Right. Uh, never had a problem with people, you know, coming around that shouldn't have done. Or mm-hmm. not, It's all good like that. Fair enough. So uh, how long have you had this particular caravan? Uh, four years. Four years. And out Two of four today. years, yes. how much free camping as opposed to, say, caravan parks where you're on electricity and shower and toilet and so on and so forth on hand, would you have done? Uh, 1%. 1% uh, in yeah. the caravan parks? Yeah. Hardly ever do a caravan park. Right. Um, two and a half years we went without doing a caravan park. Two and a half years. Yes. So the caravan's obviously set up with solar panels. You've got uh, batteries to, to run. Yep. Now, you've got a 100-series cruiser with a fridge in there. You've got batteries to run all that sort of stuff. Yeah, all runs that, yep. So what's the longest amount of time you would have spent sort of off-grid on one of your trips? Uh, we well, spent three months in Tasmania. Right. Uh, never plugged into a PowerPoint once. Right. Done a little bit of low-cost camping over there, which is like... Ten dollar donations. And mm-hmm. It goes to the schools and all that sort of stuff. So okay, it's just good help people out, and it's just great like that. But yeah, we d- we could go forever without going to a caravan park. Okay, you just obviously you've got large water tanks on there, and if you do run out, you carry in spare water out of the back of the cruiser. Yeah, we always carry forty liters of water in the back, uh-huh. and we just can use that and just transfer that into the tanks of the caravan needed, and just. Uh-huh. Fill it up when we're in town. Okay, and as far as your grey water is concerned, you obviously go to the recognised dump points. Yes, and we do. We've got a big container to catch all that, which then goes in the back of the car, uh-huh. and we just it's dumped at the at the proper appropriate places. Fair enough. Yes. Now I noticed this morning you were actually making bacon and eggs. Now you weren't sort of cooking that on your open fire. You've got one of these new stoves with a glass lid, and you've modified that so you can actually cook roast in it. Yes, we done a roast in it the other night. We had roast pork. Um, it was very good, yes. Okay. We had a modified mix. The lid wasn't quite high enough. A uh-huh. little bit of aluminium stripping and a little bit of few pop rivets, and we're all good, yep. Okay, and it takes about three quarters of one of those propane bottles. Yeah, we used, because we done the veggies and everything in it, and uh-huh. it was nearly a whole can, not quite. Not quite, yep. but a whole can. They were about $3 or something, yeah. huh? $2, $3. Yeah. Yep. So two or three dollars to cook a family roast is pretty pretty economical, wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Now, what about your big gas bottles? When you're on the road and you're not stopping in caravan parks, what, what would you average out of one of your large nine kilo bottles? Uh, around about fourteen days. Cause okay. The fridge always runs on gas. Uh huh. Um, we use a bit for when we turn the hot water service on. Yes. Uh, and the rest of us just a bit of the stove in the caravan, which is not very often. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so do you see yourself continuing to do this for quite a while yet, for a few more years to come? Absolutely, yep. It's just a great life. It's, just, it's called retirement. It is called retirement, yep. isn't it? And you're living the dream. Yep, living the dream. And you're actually doing it better than most because you're living the dream and it's costing you very little money. Yeah, the biggest cost is fuel. Biggest cost yep. is fuel. We don't move a lot. Sometimes we'll stop at a place for 
a week, 10 days if we like it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we might only move 20 kilometres down the road. Okay. Just find the next spot, yeah. I understand. Yeah. I understand. And um, these particular spots on the Murray, where we are now, you don't actually want to divulge where it is because it's such a beautiful spot and we just kind of tripped over it by accident. We are here on a long weekend and in the background there you can hear a boat roaring down the river. There's a few people here... But normally you say you come here and you're pretty much the only one here. Yeah, well, we had 10 days here a while back and we were the only one. Fantastic. It was great. The only people we spoke to were 10 days. We'd go into Yarrawonga and we'd go, two cappuccinos, please, skinny milk, half strength in a mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was our conversation with anybody for 10 days. So what about your wife? How does, how does she cope with the isolation, what do you think? my wife? How do you think she copes? <laughs> He's got a sense of humour, listeners. How, how do you think she copes with the isolation? Is she happy to be out in the middle of nowhere? She, or is she... she absolutely loves it. Yeah. yeah, the deal is she cooks and I wash the dishes. Yes. Yeah, but sometimes I do both. Sometimes you do both. And I've been known to get out and wash the clothes and okay. sweep the floor. And... All right. Yeah. And wheel a chainsaw. Yeah, and wheel a chainsaw. And a block splitter. Yeah. <laughs> He's the ideal man, ladies, okay? He does the dishes, he does the cooking occasionally, and he can wheel a chainsaw and a block splitter. Rod, it's been fantastic talking with you here today on the Murray. I want to thank you so much for your time. Um, You probably wouldn't know, but I always play a song at the end of every interview, and they're only Aussie because this is Aussie, this is Roman Oz. Um, You got a favourite Australian singer or song you'd like us to play for you? Yeah, I reckon probably the boys from the bush are back in town. The boys from the bush are back in town. And that, of course, is Lee Kernigan. That's right. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Rod. Stick around, listeners. Straight after this track, we're going to be back with more Roman Oz. Shearing sheep, weaving mustard and stock. We've been culling out roots, we've been spraying the crops. We've been droving cattle up an old stock route. Now it's Saturday night, we pile in the ute. We're the boys from the bush and we're back in town. Well, the dogs in the bag and the foot goes down. We're live members of the Outback Club Where the boys from the bush come in from the scrub We've been out in the heat We've been loading the trucks been fixing fences We've been choking on dust We curse the rain We curse the drought Now it's Saturday night Shout. We're the boys from the bush and we're back in town We get high when the sun goes down We're live members of the Outback Club We're the boys from the bush coming from the scrub Ah, 
that was a great song that Rod requested. Boys from the Bush and Lee Kernigan talking about the bush. Now, while you're up in and along the Murray, there's stunning beaches that can be found at every turn along the river with more than 100 river beaches to be discovered between Yarrawonga, Mawala and Alupna Island downstream near Strathmerton. Alupna Island is the ideal spot to visit for early morning sightings of kangaroos and koalas. Now, Thompson's Beach at Cobram is an idyllic setting for a day by the water with a playground for the kids and free barbecues. Now, you can cruise, canoe, fish, kayak, paddleboard, sail, swimming, wakeboarding and water skiing are all abound on the waters of the Murray River, Lake Mawala um, for you and the family. In the summer months, adventure seekers take to boating, wakeboarding, water skiing and jet skiing for that extra thrill. You can also splash out at the region's splash parks and a range of indoor and outdoor pools across the area. A trip on the Murray is also a great opportunity to throw a line in for a chance to catch your very own fish. There are fantastic recreational fishing opportunities along the Ovens River, the Goulburn and the Murray River, Lake Mawala and Broken Creek. In fact, there are over 50 popular fishing locations in the region. Along with the prize cod, you might also hook a yellow belly, red fin or silver perch and in the colder months, the Murray crayfish, among many other native and introduced species. The majestic heritage-listed Barma Lakes are a camping and fishing paradise. Fish from the creek and the river banks or hop in a tinny along the river between Bundalong and Barma. Enjoy a picnic and bring all your water accessories to relax, spending time swimming, wading or simply soaking up the sun and the river's edge. Now, Phil, with all that talk of the water and the Murray River, I think it's time for a song. What a great idea, Lynn. Now, what about Slim Dusty and Anne Kirkpatrick's Murray Moon? Sounds good to me. All right, listeners, stick around. We'll be back with more Roaming Oz straight after Murray Moon. The stars are gleaming And there's a charm That sets me dreaming When all is calm The sighing gum trees Breathe mystery The roving dark men I seem to see And through the woodlight They fade away But leave a memory Of yesterday I see my homestead By the big lagoon Was but the magic Of the Murray Moon
What a beautiful song, listeners. Murray Moon by Slim Dusty and Anne Kirkpatrick. Give us a little bit more of an insight into Yarrawonga and Mulwala. Ah, yes, Phil. Now, some of the must-do things that um, you can see and do is visit the National Trust classified Byramine Homestead to see the former home of one of Australia's earliest pioneers, Elizabeth Hume. Wander through the 100-year-old homestead at the Rich Glen Olives Farm gate store and sample some of their produce. Now you can explore the sun country on the Murray Farm Gate Trail to enjoy fresh locally grown produce. Cruise along Lake Mawala to experience the tranquil waters and glorious landscapes. Walk to Chinaman's Island to view the abundant bird life and pristine wetlands. Find out about the region's history at the Yarrawonga Mulwala Museum. Pack a hamper and set yourself by the lake to watch the sun go down in a blaze of pink and orange with the silhouettes of the ghostly gums in the lake adding to the drama. Or take a guided tour of the Everglades near Bundalong and experience pure serenity, something there for everyone to see and do in Lake Mulwala and Yarrawonga. Great stuff, Lynn. Well, Cobram Baruga, now that's just down the road, isn't it? Yes, that's correct, Phil. Now there's plenty to see and do around that area. Why not take a walk across the Murray on the historic steel bridge that was built back in 1902? Or you throw a line in to catch a prized Murray cod, Murray cray or a yellow belly. Now if you're a walker and bird watcher, you'll love the trail at Quinn Island winding through river red gums and silver wattle forest. Um, you can also cruise along the Murray on the Cobra paddle boat to discover the countless sandy beaches along the riverbanks or take a tour of one of the original log homes of the district located on the main street of Cobram. Or if you prefer a, um, to move a little faster, grab a, a bike, a kayak or boat and get exploring one of the most picturesque areas of the Murray River region. Stroll through the majestic River Red Gum Forest and native bushland or slow it right down and drop your line in your own secret spot to catch that fish. Now, whilst in the area, you can do the Northeast Victoria Silo Art Trail. Now, we started this at Tungamar Silo. Now, this was uh, painted by a Western Australian street artist, Sabrine Simcocked, and she was commissioned to paint the privately owned Tungamar Silos back in 2018. Now, this silo was the first to be painted in northeastern Victoria, beginning this silo art trail. And she was also the first Australian female silo artist. Now, the next town on the silo art trail is Devonish. Now, this artwork was done by a renowned artist, Khan Scale, and it's a visual tribute to the men and women of the Devonish community who have enlisted in military service. The Grain Corp Devonish silos have long been a symbol of the prosperity of local grain production that they now depict an aspect of military service provided by the community and it's a fitting link between the two. So now we move on to St James and I'll give you a little bit of history about the Grain Corp there. These silos date back as far as 1915 in the wheat season when 135,000 bags or 405,000 bushels was recorded as being delivered to the railway station, a record that was only exceeded once in the 62-63 season when 421,000 bushels was delivered. This was an amazing achievement as transport was mostly by horse and wagon at the time. More history followed when in December 1943 the St James Silos received its first bulk load. Two extensions were made also, one in 1955 a steel annex and then in 1967 another steel bid was added. The St James Silos were eventually decommissioned. Now in uh, 1882 George Cole Senior married his wife Elizabeth and purchased the first store at the uh, North Eastern St James. 
Now, he soon opened a second store four miles away in Lake Rowan. They traded mainly farming equipment. Elizabeth and George's first son was born in 1885 and following the tradition, they named him George James. George and Elizabeth would have 10 children. Can you believe that, Lynn? No, I know. 10 children. (laughs) Obviously no Foxtel back in those days. (laughs) And uh, they all would attend the school in St James. Tragically, um, Elizabeth died in uh, 1900 and in 1902, George sold his two stores and moved to Geelong. Ah, but wait, there's more. In 1905, George returned again and pre-purchased the Northeastern St James and Lake Rowan stores. George James Jr., GJ, helped his father in the store but left as he wanted to pursue new methods of shopkeeping. A year later, with George's health fading, he sold the St James store to his son, GJ Coles. In 1913, G.J. Cole sold his St. James store and went for a trip around the world to discover the best ways to run a business. Now, in England, he studied the Woolworths, Thruppence and Sixpence and Marks and Spencer's One Penny stores. Together with his brother, Jim, he opened their first Thruppence, Sixpence and One Shilling store in Australia at 288 Smith Street, Collingwood. Sadly... Jim was killed in the First World War along with GJ's other brother, Dave. GJ himself was wounded in France. Upon his return, GJ opened another store with another brother, A.W. Coles, in Smith Street, Collingwood. From there, the business grew from £100 in 1914 to $1.1 million in 1972. Crikey, talk about GST. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. From Thruppens to $1.1. One, three, two million dollars. Crikey's. G.J. Coles never forgot where he came from and returned many times to St. James to visit family and friends. The company Coles also made a generous donation towards the St. James Silo Art Project. Well, there's just a little bit of history about G.J. Coles. Now, the artist at St. James was Tim Botel. This is the first silo art for Tim but will definitely not be his last. Showing that he has extreme talent in this type of artwork, he has already been commissioned to paint another silo in Cole Binaban in Victoria. Cole Binaban? Is that how we pronounce it, Lynn? Uh, I think so. <laughs> Cole Binaban. Anyway, Tim also um, has other artwork in and around Benalla in Victoria, including the McCohen Rest Area. Now I think I'm going to uh, put on a song, Lynn. What do you think? That sounds like a good idea, Phil. Um, I'm going to play one of my favourites by Johnny Williamson. Of course. It's a number called Cootam Under a Wattle. I'm sure you're going to love it. Nice. I know our listeners will. Very good. Don't go looking through that old camphor box, woman You know those old things only make you cry When you dream upon that little bunny rug Makes you think that life has passed you by There are days when you wish the world would stop, woman But then you know some wounds would never heal When I browse the early pages of the children It's then I know exactly how you feel Hey, it's July and the winter sun is shining And the Kudamandra wattle is my friend For all at once my childhood never left me Cos wattle blossoms bring it back again It's Sunday and you should stop the worry, woman Come out here and sit down in the sun Can't you hear the magpies in the distance? Don't you feel the new day has begun? Can't you hear the bees making honey, woman In the spotted gums where the bellbirds ring You might grow old and bitter cause you missed it You 
Now some people never hear such things Hey, it's July and the winter sun is shining And the cooter mandrel wattle is my friend For all at once my childhood never left me Cause wattle blossoms bring it back again the daily papers anymore read all about what's going on in hell they don't care to tell the world of kindness good news never made a paper sell there's all the colors of the rainbow in the garden woman, and symphonies of music in the sky Heaven's all around us if you're looking But how can you see it if you cry? Hey, it's July and the winter sun is shining And the Kudamandra wattle is my friend For all at once my childhood never left me Cause wattle blossoms bring it back again Oh, there you go, Lynn. Cootamundra Waddle. Lovely song. John Williamson. How can you create a song about just a particular species of a yellow flowering native bush plant? Oh, I don't know. He's done it. <laughs> well, it's hard to describe John Williamson and his music without thinking that you've left something out or underrated his contribution to the achievements. Absolutely sensational. How do you sum up an artist who's captured the country in song and had such a successful career in one of the most cutthroat industries around. It's an almost impossible task, Lynn. No, that's true. Now, I believe, Phil, the next stop is Gurumbat Silo, and you're going to be stopping there and talking to um, Alan Saunders, I that, think. That's correct, Lynn. I'm actually going to be chatting to uh, Alan. Now, Alan's a volunteer there, and uh, he sells some... Um, some items about those particular paintings that they've done there on the silo there at Gurumbat. Now, do you know much about those ones or, or not? Yes, I do, Phil. The Gurumbat community is very proud to have Jimmy DeVate's artwork adorn the silos. Jimmy is passionate about conservation and is particularly keen to highlight the plight of endangered species. The barking owl is the most threatened owl in Victoria, with northeast Victoria a remaining stronghold for wild populations. Well, I'm pretty excited now, Lynn. I've got to tell you, I'm just going to chuff off now down to Gurumbat and catch up with Alan Saunders himself. Alan, can you tell us all about these wonderful silo arts? There's three of them here in Gurumbat. Now, I understand there's uh, two on the back of where we are, one uh, of an owl and one of... A, uh, palm a palm scene. Now, they were painted when? They were painted in Easter 2018. Okay, okay. And how long would, have, would it have took the artist to paint them? It took two weeks to paint the one on the, uh, the, the Clydesdales, and I, I presume it was the same as the other two. It would be about six weeks' work. About six weeks' work? Yes, and they cost $10,000 each. $10,000 each? Mm. Wow. And um, you said it took... About six weeks to paint the three of them. Now, who've actually painted these ones here in Gorombat? Because with the solo art, they're, they're all over the country now, and lots of different artists. Who's responsible for these particular three? These three were painted by Jimmy DD8. Okay. He lives in Richmond, in Melbourne. Okay. Uh, the committee formed here when they talked about solo art, mm -hmm. and, and uh, they formed Gorombat Community Incorporated. Right. And uh, I'm not on the committee, but uh, the committee decided they would have to have local something. Uh, so the horses were bred here in Gurumat. Okay. And um, so, uh, but they're not here now. They're actually up at uh, Toowoomba. They've, they've sold them out. This, these, these horses here, uh, the Laverine Stud it's called. Right. And uh, <clears throat> that is the oldest uh, registered Clydesdale Stud in Australia. Okay. I think it's about 102 year old. Right. 
and uh, they, they come from Lavarine, the original pe the, the people, and they settled here in Gurubat, and they started this stud. Uh, that was the first generation, uh, and the next generation, uh, <coughs> Tom Troon, who was the local member of Parliament, married their granddaughter, mm -hmm. and um, and and his sons actually reared these horses. Uh, that are on, the, on here now. Fantastic. So how old, how old, those horses are still alive? Yes, the one on the right, right. That, that's the stallion they're using now for breeding purposes in Queensland. Mm -hmm. And how old would the horses be, approximately? Oh, I couldn't, they'll be on the board now, I, I just don't know if how. Okay, alright, well we'll have a look at that after, because there's lots of information, listeners. Yep. If you do come out to Gorombat, the uh, solo art, there's lots of information out here, and uh, as Alan was saying, it, it took about six weeks to paint the three of them, and I understand he's coming back to do another one, is that correct? Yes, I believe it, they've got him engaged to come back in June. Right, he was of this it. year, 21? Yeah, 21. He was, actually, we were doing it in March last year, but the COVID, uh, they stopped it in mm -hmm. his tracks. But he, he's booked up to come here in June, and he's going to paint another one on the door of the oat, oat pool shed, which okay. is down the other end. So have you got any idea what he's going to paint? I've got no idea. Oh, okay. So we can't. We, it's not I, a scoop, Alan. We can't I, I, tell I, our listeners I'm not in advance. I'm with you. They won't tell me. I'm no. dying to find out. I can understand why they wouldn't tell you, because this could be a scoop. I could have told my listeners well in advance. Yes. But it's definitely going to be done sometime in June. Is that correct? That's right. That is right. Okay. All right. Well, we're just going to have to keep our fingers crossed, I think, Alan. What do you think? You yeah, can't I think really... so. Now, just tell us a little bit about yourself, Alan, also. Now, I understand you're 90 years young. Oh, that's right. And um, you're a local here. That's right. Born and bred. My great-grandfather came out from England in 1842. He was three and a half. Okay. And when he was... Uh, when they just subdivided the land north and divided all Crown land, mm -hmm. uh, they wrote the settlement... And all those early settlers uh, pegged out their claims, uh, and, and uh, one pound an acre was, was the cost. Okay. And uh, I've got a copy of, uh, of the of release of Crown Land signed by Queen Victoria. Okay. <laughs> so in the, that was in uh, 18, 1872 he right. came here. Okay. He had a family of uh, nine children. Right. He also selected one uh, at Admiral. And also another one out on the Arawaka Road. So okay. he actually had th he selected three places. Right. He had six sons and three daughters. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he put two sons on each place. And uh, the three daughters, when they got married, he paid them out in cash. Right. They paid their own way out from England. They didn't come as convicts. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so uh, and they settled in Melbourne and. Uh, uh, and uh, they bought property just near the Moron Station. There was uh, several hundred acres they bought. Right. It's worth millions and millions today. Of course. They Absolutely. sold it and bought it at a farm at Mecklenburg. Okay. And uh, and that's where they got established. But they all spread out from there. But, mm. but, but William Saunders, my grandfather, he, he came here in 1872. Okay. And my grand grandparents took over that property in 1900 when they got married. Right. And then my my parents got, took that farm over in 1926. When they got married, yes. Dad retired in 1974, and, and, and the farm came down to my brother Les and I. And when Les wanted to retire in 2000, so I brought him out. Right. So I, I've got the original uh, holding that he selected. So you call yourself a local? Yeah, I'm a local. Well, no true. <laughs> I went to school here. When I left school, I worked in the general store. Yes. And then when I, then I got married, I bought the Birabit Post Office. Okay. Had our family there. Uh huh. And then, well, for about 20 years I went to Melbourne, I was a postmaster down there. Okay. And then uh, we come back here uh, to live permanently. Okay. So uh, you're definitely a local. Are you here every day, Alan? No, not every day. Not every day? So how often are you here, Alan? Well, uh, before COVID, I used to come, I come here nine months for about uh, three days a week because it, it, windy days and wet days I can't come yeah, for six days. Yep. So uh, for nine months... Uh, uh, I, I sold thirty-one thousand dollars worth of merchandise. Merchandise, and the merchandise is fantastic. Uh, just to let you know, listeners, he's got things like stubby holders and and coffee mugs and fridge magnets and and what else have you got, Alan? Tell us about some of your, some of your goodies here. And it's all to do with the solo art. It, 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 everything we've got here is, is, is got solo art things on it. Yep. We also got uh, tea towels, aprons, and shopping bags. All our work is done up at Mansfield. We'd uh -huh. like to keep it locally. Yes. 
so, so it's so it's all local stuff by local people, and we're talking about local art. Yes, Gurumat was, was a thriving little town when I was a boy. Right. Because we had you know, two dental stores and a bakery and, and everything going. Everybody shopped locally. But supermarkets have ruined all these little towns, and they're all feeling the pinch. Yeah. Most little towns are sort of becoming ghost towns. Yes. This was until the silo art, and now it's a little tourist town. Now it's a tourist town. And the population of Gurumat, that's what, 100 and something people? About 120 or 30. About 120 or 30. So it's a small town, thanks to the silo art and the tourists, it's kind of holding its own now. Yes. It's It's doing all right again. It's it's going to thrive now because we, we had a a cafe just opened up at Christmas time mm-hmm. and I never thought in the wildest dreams I'd ever see a cafe in Durabek. Okay, but it's open. And it's, it's run by the uh, Veterans Retreat, right? which is a, a, they bought the local school when it closed down uh-huh. and, uh, and it's there for any serviceman can come and have a, have a break, uh, bring their caravan and stay or they're going to put cabins there. Yep. And um, yeah, just a dental, and, and the profits of this goes toward maintaining the that, pro- that program. Fantastic. So that's been a great thing for Gurumbat. And another thing, uh, we're hoping to have a uh, solar farm built next year, right. just here. Okay. And, uh, and they've, they've contributed also. Uh, we've got a cheque from last month for $10,000. Right. And uh, <clears throat> and we've already, already bought a uh, barbecue, and, and the rest we're going to put in uh, uh, children's playground equipment in the, vic- in the Victory Park next to the hall. Next to the hall. Great stuff. All right, Alan, well, I've got to finish up now. Have you got a favourite singer you'd like me to... I'm going to play a song for you. Have you got a favourite singer at all, Alan? It's got to be Australian. Oh, I think I've got every one of uh, Slim Dusty's uh, CDs. OK, OK. Slim's great. Um, what about a favourite Slim song, then? I always like When the Rain Comes Down in July, one of his early songs. When the Rain Comes Down? When the Rain Tumbles Down in July. When the rain tumbles down in July, Slim Dusty, I'm going to put it straight on now, listeners. Stick around for that, and uh, we'll be back with more Roman Oz straight after that. Let me wander north to the homestead, way out further. Summery sunshine has flown Where the logs tangle up on the creek bed And clouds veil the old northern sky And the cattle move back from the lowlands When the rain tumbles down in July The settlers with sad hearts are watching The rise of the stream from the dawn Their best crops are always in flood If it rises much more, they'll be gone The cattle string out along the fences The wind from the south races by And the limbs from the old gums are fallen When the rain tumbles down in July The sleeping gums on the hillside Awaken to herd string by From the flats where the fences have vanished as the storm clouds gather on high The wheels of the wagon stop turning The stock horses turned out to stray The old station dogs are a-dozing On the husks in the barn through the day The drover draws rain by the river it's years since he's seen it so high Yes, and that's just a story of Homewood When the rain tumbles down in July 
what a great song, Lynn, by Slim Dusty. When the rain tumbles down in July. Yes, Slim is very popular with um, our uh, interviewees, isn't he? Oh, the country regional listeners love the Slim. So let me tell you a little bit about the Slim and that particular song, Lynn. Um, when the rain tumbles down in July, okay, as we know, it was written by Slim Dusty. Uh, it's been covered by several other artists, including Lee Kernigan, Graham Connors, as well as Dusty's daughter and Kirkpatrick. Now, the song was recorded in November of 1946 and it was recognised as being Dusty's first commercial song. When the Rain Tumbles Down in July is one of the earliest compositions by Slim and uh, Australia's most prolific country music artist. He's wrote the uh, song at the age of 18 while living uh, at the Nulla Nulla Creek. Formal name, of course, was the uh, Bellbrook, New South Wales, in 1945. Wow, didn't know that. Now, in 1947, Slim signed his first recording contract with the uh, Columbia (laughs) Gramophone. Now, isn't this going back? Gramophone Gramophone Co. Oh, his master's voice. Remember the big dog on the side of... (laughs) On the side of the gramophone. So 1947, he signed his first contract, Columbia Gramophone Co. for the uh, Regal Zonophone label and recorded six titles including When the Rain Tumbles Down in July and the song remained the standard for Slim Dusty until the day he passed in uh, 2003. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting indeed, Lynn, but have you got any fun facts you can tell us about this uh, solo art trail? Well, we're in Victoria at the moment, and did you know there are currently 23 silo art locations and three mobile silo art locations throughout Victoria? Had no idea, Lynn. No, and most uh, most of them are in two separate regions, northwest and northeast of Victoria. Okay. So uh, tell us a little bit about Brim, for example. Well, that was the first silo completed in Victoria back in January 2016. Okay. And um, what about uh, Patchwallock? Well, that was painted in late 2016 and was the fourth silo to be included. Now, what about uh, Sheep Hills? Now, that was also painted uh, by a different painter, artist, back in late 2016 and was the fifth silo. Rapunia. Um, now, this was the first female, and that was um, painted in early 2017. Okay, and uh, was the sixth silo to be included in the uh, ASAT? Which is the Australian Silo Art Trail. <laughs> I just had to get it in. I, I, just, I had to test you, Lynn, because you know so much about this art trail. Now, what about Lascelles? Uh, that was painted back in uh, mid-2017. Okay, and uh, Rosebury? Uh, late 2017, and that was the 13th. Okay, so that's enough of this. I think so. I just, yes, otherwise we'd be going on for every single one right through until the last one, which was Catamatite and also Weramal in August uh, of 2023, and that was the 61st silo. Now, that was also Warramal. That's also a mobile silo, isn't it? Yes, it it is. Okay. So we haven't come across one of them in our um, travels yet, so um, I'm not sure if we'll see it soon or not. Well, you know the reason why we haven't seen it? It's because it's It's mobile. And also, too, it's only just been done. (laughs) It's always moving around. We've got to try and catch it. (laughs) All right, Lynn. I think we might play another song. Have you got anything favourite? Who who do you like the best? Do you like like Lee Kernigan or Johnny Williamson, Slim Dusty? Well, we've had all them. We've had all them. Okay. Uh, Well, what about we do something by Pixie Jenkins? Okay. I don't know Pixie Jenkins. Pixie Jenkins is a fabulous fiddle player and uh, also uh, a, a good friend of John Williamson's. And we've just heard a Johnny Williamson track. So let's just do a musical medley by Pixie Jenkins. Okay, go for it. A dream of rain, a chance for peace, of good times come, of hardship cease.
There we go. That is Pixie Jenkins, okay? And the album is from, is a number uh, called Instrumentals, is the name of the album. And that particular track we just played for you is uh, Nullaby, the uh, Australian lullaby. Pixie Jenkins. Now, I said a medley, didn't I, Lynn? You did. Well, actually, I'm going to play two songs because I don't actually have a medley of him by himself. So I'm going to play another one from his Instrumentals album. And it's a beautiful number. And I didn't realise he was such an uh, accomplished singer as well. Oh, okay. Because he's mainly... He's Never mainly heard known, of him. No, he's mainly known for his uh, f- fiddle playing or his, his violin, but fiddle playing in uh, Australian country music. Right. Uh, hails from Tamworth and uh, he's been in the industry for uh, <laughs> forever, for a long, 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 long time. Pixie Jenkins from the same album, Instrumentals. It's a number called Kakadu. Didn't I tell you? He was fabulous, fantastic. The Pixie Jenkins, the legend of the uh, of the fiddle. So, Lynn, is there anything in the uh, in the area that you think our listeners might be interested in paying a visit to? Well, something that looks interesting is the Winton Wetlands. Now, one of the things I like about the Winton Wetlands is the camping. Right. They've got they've got three different areas there. They've got the Greens Hill Camp, yep. uh, the Bill Friday Swamp, and also the Duck Pond Camp. Now, Green Hills, for example, ten campsites across two locations, maximum six people, which is uh, adults and uh, kids over t- over two years of age. Same for the uh, Bill Friday Swamp and also the uh, Duck Pond Camp. And uh, interesting to note, the uh, Duck Pond Camp, there's no numbered sites. It's open bushland camping. Oh, sounds great. Well, if you want to just sort of get back to nature yes, and, and get away from it all, um, mm-hmm. that's definitely one of the things that's uh, very interesting about the uh, Winton Wetlands. Uh, what else? They've, they've also got a cafe and a function centre there. Yes, they do. 
And apart from that, they've oh. also got art in the landscape. Yes, and they've got a lot of walking tracks that um, take you all through the wetlands and they range in distance and time, you know, depending on how long you want to walk for. Okay. Um, do you know much about about the uh, art in the landscape or not? It's steeped in rich historical tapestry. Now, the integration of the art into Winton wetlands um, landscape has added an interactive layer to the site, driven by the surrounding environment and community past, present and the future. Mm. Prominent artists such as Andrew J. Burke, Troy Firebrace and Guido Van Helton. Now, he's one of the chaps that's done all these, uh, a lot of these solo arts that we've been talking about, the solo arts. Indeed. And so they've told stories inspired by the landscape on a canvas. <laughs> so during your next visit, make sure you explore the extensive art trail and unravel the history and ecological aspect entwined in the reserve. And, of course, after you do all that, if you're interested, of course, in having, you know, a coffee They've got this fabulous cafe there and uh, a function centre. I mentioned that a little bit earlier, and they do all sorts of stuff there. You can even get married there. Really? Yeah, well, if you want to. They've, yeah. they've got a function centre and they do cater for weddings as well, Lynn. And uh, last but not least, what about the stargazing? Yeah, that would be rather interesting. Look, there's nothing nothing more interesting than, than camping out in the bush and just staring yeah. up. An evening under the stars at Winton Wetlands will remain long with you after you leave. Clear, unobstructed skies provide the perfect setting uh, to ponder how magnificent and how what a magnitude the universe really is. It makes us feel so very small and insignificant, doesn't it? It does. It does indeed. Now, apart from all that, I did mention walking, but yes. there is also cycling. So there is a guide um, for the highlights of the cycling tracks throughout the wetlands, mm-hmm. which you are allowed to explore the wet woodlands, wetlands, ponds, and the history of the site. Now, they do have maps that you can download, and they're also available in the cafe. I suggest if you're interested in going there, maybe you just uh, just go onto your computer and type in uh, wintonwetlands.org.au. Correct. And there you can get your map yep. and figure out how you'd like to spend your time out there. Exactly. Fantastic. Looks like you can spend a couple of days and still not see it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much going on out there, folks. So if you're in the area and you just want to do something a little different, why not check out the uh, Winton Wetlands. We hope you enjoyed the show, listeners. If you missed any, check out our Facebook page or allaussieradio.com.au. Tune in next week for more Roman Oz.